Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market view on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on this Monday afternoon. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong, my co-presenter. It's looking quite nice today. It is a happy Monday if you're looking at the market. And, uh, you know, there's so many reasons to smile for a change. And again, this uh, I do wonder if markets and investors are getting carried away. But nevertheless, there's quite a bit of exuberance on, in, the mar- in the markets. And there is a chance that the Straits Times Index could even test 3,200. I don't think I would have believed that if you asked me that uh, about last, last week. week. Yep. But so far, we're seeing that it's at 3,194. They're up by about 0.9%. But they're not even the best performing market in the region. You're seeing the Nikkei 225 in Japan, for instance, up by one and a quarter percent. Shanghai, Shenzhen, both up by roughly one percent. Shenzhen up by one and a half percent. Take a look at the Hang Seng. And, you know, uh, despite the fact that we did see the, that momentous uh, protest out in Hong Kong over uh, just yesterday, uh, the Hang Seng is actually up by about 2.1% so far. And same thing with the Kospi. So actually, we're among the major markets in Asia. We're actually one of the relative underperformers. But really, the fact that we're up by about 25 points so mm. far, again, is nothing to frown about. You know, this is, a, this is one of the more, I guess, a more positive or more feel-good trading sessions it's we've seen in recent day days. And we'll seen. take this at, yep. any t- at any rate, you know. And again, we, we do have a trifecta or a, a trifecta of good news here. You're seeing Chinese exports surprising many economists actually rebounding in the month of May. You had um, the U.S. at least walking back and saying, you know what, we're not going to be levying these tariffs on Mexico. They Mm -hmm. have met our agreements where you can rest easy on this front of the global trade war, at least. And you also had today Japan's first quarter GDP actually revised upwards to 0.6% in the first quarter. So again, you've got the world's uh, third largest economy saying that uh, that their economy is actually looking better than expected. You had China saying, guess what? We exported more despite the trade war. And the U.S. saying, saying, put down your arms. We're not going to go. We're not going to go to an economic war with our southern neighbors at the moment. And people are taking this as a reason to smile. But when you look again under the hood, under a lot of these numbers also, one concern that some skeptics have about China is, yes, exports did actually grow by about 1.1%, much to the, uh, uh, going against the grain of many economists who are expecting it to contract once again. Some actually believe that this could be just a number of Chinese exporters front are trying to beat the clock because by the end of June or after the G20 summit, if Trump isn't satisfied, he might raise tariffs on another $300 billion worth of Chinese goods. So this could just be the sign of perhaps manufacturers and exporters in China scrambling to get some of this Mm. product out, which is why you're seeing exports actually picking up in China so far. Um, Japan's first quarter GDP growth, very positive also, but they did note just last week that wages are still sliding or eroding slowly. And we have talked about how important wage growth is to actually uh, creating a sustainable uh, growth trajectory for Japan's economy also. U.S. and Mexico actually uh, declaring a ceasefire. But remember, immigration continues to be a rather thorny subject between the two neighbors. We could be having a ceasefire for now. But again, this could also of tension that is in the market so far. Are you going to be a Debbie Downer on this Monday? I'm always going to be the guy who's going to try to even things out and try to keep things real because, you know, we have seen markets get carried away before. Mm-hmm. In the first quarter, we saw this exuberance saying, you know, it seems that they're, they're smiling at the meetings. Mnuchin and Liu He are getting along. It seems that Trump is optimistic of a trade deal before the end of June. 
we're going to price this into the markets. And then May happens and things kind of fall apart. And people say, you know what? That was a lot of talk. There wasn't really anything concrete. You had the likes of Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan saying, you know what? I told you guys, there's nothing concrete yet. So you're not supposed to price in that much. So we're seeing this move up again. And I do want to caution investors again. I think it's worth it to raise the flag of caution and saying, you know what? We have jumped the gun before. We have. And and, and it does happen in markets. This is natural for animal spirits in the markets to try to front load, try to get ahead of the action also. But just uh, just be cautious because there's still a lot of things that are uncertain there. Although we do have, and again, these export figures from China, they're great. But it could also be just a sign of of front loading. We'll see if that actually continues into June. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also see if uh, Japan's uh, GDP growth actually is, if it's just a blip on the radar or if it's something that's actually indicative of sustainable recovery in Japan. And also we'll see if if these trade tensions actually do resolve themselves after the G20 summit. But everybody is... everybody's crystal ball is looking rather cloudy with regards to that. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered there. So be very cautious when you're moving in. But so far, the momentum, at least today, is to, up, is to the upside. I can understand why, though. We've had almost all, or over a month of, of down trades and, and contraction. It's like any news to give us a bump in, and that little bit of happiness to go to the markets with. Yeah. I think so. And I think one other question that's also fair, uh, fair to ask uh, market strategists out there is, have we oversold, mm. in, in, in the, uh, especially here in Singapore? Because we have, have we seen, retreated too much? Have we re- retreated too much? Because there have been a number of instances in the last two to three weeks where we've seen markets move up and we've sort of said, nah, I think we're going to stay here. Or we're good. We're not jumping mm-hmm. in the pool. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay dry. Um, so I think markets were looking for a, a really strong reason or a catalyst to say, you know, we can move back up. And maybe this trifecta of good news actually said, well, what more do you want? What more do you want to convince you to come back into the markets, at least for today? And it seems that's what that's investors here are heeding so far. If you want to look for for very, very strong movers today, city developments, take a look at that. Their stock is up by 5.1% so far. The property developers are doing well. Capital Land, no slouch. They're up by 1.5% to $3.32 a share. Genting, Singapore, the house is winning today. They're All up right. by 2.3% to $0.88 cents a share. And keep in mind, Genting, Singapore is another one of those stocks that was... Uh, that had a Getting lot of hammered uh, had a, a case bit. of the jitters really over yeah. the last few weeks. So to see if they're doing well, what more? Some of the more stable stocks, Singtel going from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. The telcos getting more love, more and more love as as days go by. And the banks, of course, all looking rather solid. DBS, the best performer of the big three, they're up by about one point two percent. So it's a it's green across most of the Straits Times index. And uh, just uh, looking at the Has rest of the maple. main board. 217, 216 stocks in the green versus only 95 in retreat so far. And Maple Tree. Maple Tree, Logistics Trust, flat. Maple Tree Industrial Trust, flat. But it doesn't mean that they're not... Uh, move uh, all four are actually trading unchanged so far. They're all staying at where, where they closed on Friday, uh, f- relatively flat in this sec in the session. But again, it doesn't mean that they're not busy and that they're not interested in perhaps listing other uh, uh, more of their trusts on the public market. Well, that's what they're hinting. Yes, that is true. And according to Maple Tree, in an, in an exclusive again with the Business Times, they say that they have a number of private funds. So they do have four. REITs that are listed on the SGX, but they still have a number of other REITs that are that they can actually that are that are held in private. So mm-hmm. you have a, they are in the in the business of logistics. They do have a number of REITs in student housing also. And according at least to their CEO Hugh Yun Kong, he actually is uh, looking at uh, 
possibly uh, possibly two other IPOs for these REITs in the next uh, five uh, in the next five years. So he's spacing it out, but he, he did say that, uh, that 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 this is rather possible also for them to come in. The, looking at data centers, also logistics facilities in the United Kingdom. So don't don't be surprised if Maple Tree actually gets more active and actually starts listing some of these REITs. They did highlight also that over the last uh, six seven years, I believe. The best performing IPO so far in Singapore have been some of these REITs. Also, it's something it's something to, to, to track. But again, the question is, who are they going to actually list first of them all? Right. Okay. CDL. How are they doing? Well, we did talk about CDL a while ago, right? Right. You saw that stock up by about five percent. And interesting to see a company that's preparing to make a make a sizable acquisition actually move up. Usually, when you see these bids for a takeover, you'll notice that the the acquisitor or the mm-hmm. person who's going to do the buying tends to see their share price dip. Now, it doesn't mean that's because uh, markets don't like it when you actually are acquiring, but you know acquisitions cost a lot of money. So sure. you could be seeing a lot of this capital a- actually being uh, factored out of the share price. And you usually see the acquisitor actually, uh, or the, the target actually jump up. But, may- but uh, you're seeing CDL, at least today, uh, gaining so far by about 5%. They have come back to the table and they are bidding again to try and take over Millennium and Copthorne Hotels. Now, this is a London-listed subsidiary that they have. They already own about uh, they own already about 65% of this company and they're making a bid to acquire the rest of it to, take, to completely take over this particular uh, company also. So the latest offer value right now is they're going to be offering about 685 pence per share. So that's £6.85. And that represents about a 37% premium from the share price on mm-hmm. Friday. So we talk about CDL or City Developments uh, doing rather well today, jumping by 5%. Take a look at how MNC or Millennium and Copthorne actually did last, uh, last Friday. Towards the close, you saw their share price jump five British pounds uh, a share mm-hmm. to about six pounds and 80 cents. So you're talking about a, a 36% uptick in right. their share price. And again, this because they are uh, the subject of a target. The, this, this, you know, um, CDL or City Developments has been trying to take over Millennium and Copthorne. They, mm-hmm. This isn't the first time they've tried to do this. So this is the second time they've come back to the, to the board and say, you know what, we really want you guys... Here's We're going to sweeten money. the offer. Here's more money, and uh, perhaps they're also uh, they, it's it's a it's a serious move for on on CDL's part to try and beef up again their existing portfolio of real estate assets. So far, we're seeing again, as we mentioned, CDL. Now at eight dollars and ninety one cents, that's a five point two percent jump in today's trade only. Okay, well, uh, there's a, a share I see that in my finance news as well. That's come back to trading after being suspended since uh, January 2016. That is true. It is an, and they have a new name as well. They're That's not right. called Jason anymore. Jason is now called Revez. I hope I'm getting the name of the company here right. But R E V E Z Revez Corp has resumed trading on the SGX's Catalyst board. Um, they've opened at about four point fourteen point eight Singapore cents, and this after they, there was a reverse takeover. So, mm-hmm. what does a reverse takeover mean? Basically, you have a listed company like Jason uh, taking over a company, but then when uh, once the once the acquisition quote unquote is completed. They come on the SGX and then they pretty much assume control of the entire entity. And then that that gives them a way to do a backdoor listing, for lack of a better term. So Jason Holdings, which has been suspended since January 14 of uh, 2016, they are now called Revis Corp after this reverse takeover deal. Um, About Uh, 18.3% of the company's shares are held by about 385 public shareholders. And that met catalyst requirements of about, of about 15% of shares held by at least 200 shareholders at the time of listing. So just checking on how they're do, 
out on how they've done so they far today. They opened at 14.8. They did. And Revez, though, has, is now at, yeah, it's about, it's about 14.8. They're still trading at that particular level. But they are quite a bit a ways off from where Jason actually Tra- uh, last traded before the, the suspension or the mm-hmm. halt in 2016. They're actually down 60% from that point. Okay. But it's just interesting to see that they're back on the board and they've got a new name as well. So. Okay, that is interesting. Okay, so rest of the day, you've got some interesting conversations ahead of you. So again, a lot of these things are not yet clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the, the issues with regards to the trade figures from China, although they are rather positive and surprisingly positive at that, we do wonder whether or not these are sustainable or whether these, this is just a sign of investors, of, of traders or exporters in China front-loading or trying to beat the clock before a potential raising of uh, tariffs on more Chinese goods at the moment. And another factor that I, was, uh, that I noticed also is that in these import-exports, uh, the, uh, I guess the, the balance from China or the, the figures, we saw that their copper imports fell by about 10.9%. Now, I do look at commodities once in a while, Mm -hmm. and copper is one of uh, those commodities that people call Dr. Copper because they tend to look at the price of copper as a possible barometer for economic expansion, industrial output. So when copper falls or the demand for copper falls, especially from these big economies like China, it it does raise warning bells as to whether or not, well, are you trying to tell us that you're slowing down? Are you trying to tell us that the the economy is going down? What's Dr. Copper trying to tell us? So Mm -hmm. as as I mentioned, there are a couple of holes in these trade figures. So we'll be parsing through those with Jimmy Chu. He's a uh, market strategist over at Fullerton Investments. He's he's here actually in Singapore, all the way from Shanghai. And we'll be talking to him in about 10 minutes. uh, And we'll be playing the full interview later on on primetime. And also just to get his take on where Chinese markets might be heading. So it looks a lot more stable now. But keep in mind that the Shanghai Composite is in correction at the moment. We also know that the Chinex, which is a, 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 an index of uh, small cap stocks in Shenzhen, is actually in bear market territory now. So it's a good day today. A lot of the indicators and a lot of the, uh, the, the macro news, at least, is positive in favoring the markets. Mm-hmm. But how, how sustainable is it? What's really under the hood? Are the numbers really that robust? We'll ask Jimmy what he thinks and how he thinks this might influence Chinese markets, especially since we're coming closer to G- the G20 summit right. when Trump and Xi does Jinping are Does he know you're going to be picking his brain? Yeah, he does. I mean, <laughs> Jimmy knows that I pretty much throw anything but the kitchen sink at him. And he, right. he's, uh, he's very game to talk about a lot of these issues. All right. So when primetime comes on at 4 p.m., would you think the market's going to be like... It's still green. Are, I think today I'm, I'm pretty confident that... Are we going to hit 3,200 today? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question, actually. We're uh, close. You know what? I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to say we're just we're going to come within a hair of that. I'm going All to say right. 3,197. I think this is a good place to... I think you're going to, you're going to see a bit of sensibility come back into the, in the, in the local markets where people will go, wait, do you really think we should, we should, we should go for this level at the moment? I think 3,196, 3,187 is actually a good place and we'll, we'll probably leave it at a hair. All right. Well, when you come back on, you can let them know if you were right or wrong. This has been... <laughs> I hate that question, by the way. <laughs> this has been JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero for Market View on Workday Afternoon on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.